I ended up doing a lot of free shoots and learning how to pose properly and light properly for that genre of photography. Because if you don't know what you're doing with posing and lighting, you're fucked and you're going to have some very, very unhappy good clients. <laughs> no, not in a good way. Absolutely not. You're not fucked in that good way. You're <laughs> fucked in the bad way. Look into his eyes. They're the eyes of a man obsessed by success. Eyes that mock our sacred institutions. Bedroom eyes. Sex desire is the most powerful of human desires. When driven by this desire, men develop keenness of imagination, courage, willpower, persistence, and creative ability unknown to them at other times. So strong and impelling is this desire for sexual contact that men freely run the risk of life and reputation to indulge in. When harnessed and redirected along other lines, this motivating force maintains all of its attributes of keenness of imagination, courage, etc., which may be used as powerful creative forces in literature, art, or in any other profession or calling, including, of course, the accumulation of riches. Napoleon Hill. Welcome to the Little Blue Pill for Business, where it's all about getting it up and keeping it up. And yes, we're talking about revenue and profits. We know it's all about the six inches between your ears. So I'm interviewing some of the hottest people in the industry who are blowing and going so that we can help you get in on some action. So if you like a little tongue in cheek and not just physically, you are in the right place. <laughs> Today we are jumping into bed with my friend, Brad Wallace. Thank you so much for being here today, Brad. <laughs> Like, I oh couldn't my make God. it through the intro. This is gonna I, be <laughs> I love that intro. That is awesome. Absolutely awesome. Thank nice. you so much for providing the opportunity for me to be here with you today. <laughs> I cannot wait to jump in and uh, start sharing in this conversation. This is gonna be a blast. I just know it. <laughs> awesome. So let's start with a highlight of who you are and what you do for business. So I am a podcast host, producer, podcast coach, also a boudoir photographer. Um, so all of these things, I'm also, I was an audiovisual technician in a past life. And uh, yeah, I'm just helping bring this platform, my, my podcast platform to the world to help amplify and elevate women through this podcast platform and powerography. Nice. I love it. Before we get into the Tits and tats of the empower photography, <laughs> so to speak. Um, it's just whatever words come to mind, man. I can't, I can't control it, and I choose not to filter it. So, um, give us a kind of back up the butt. How did you get into boudoir photography as a thing? Boudoir photography started. I was, I worked in corporate for twelve and a half years as an audiovisual tech, and I was introduced through a mutual friend to a boudoir photographer who was based in Florida. And I ended up falling in love with her work and the message and the mission behind that genre of photography with what you can help women accomplish in terms of body acceptance, self-love, self-confidence, and all those beautiful things. And I ended up mentoring with her for six months. And when I was done my mentorship, I just had one of those light bulb moments. I just knew that when I do make the jump from corporate to full-time photography, that's the direction I want to take my business. I want to, I want to have an impact and help women see themselves in a light that they don't normally get to see themselves in and help to build and boost their confidence through this genre of photography. And so, I mean, for the, I was, this was six months, six years, I guess, into my corporate career. 
And I still had another, I ended up staying for another six and a half years. But during that six and a half, that last six and a half years, I ended up doing a lot of free shoots and learning how to pose properly and light properly for that genre of photography. Because if you don't know what you're doing with posing and lighting, you're fucked and you're going to have some very, very unhappy good clients. <laughs> no, not in a good way. Absolutely not. You're not fucked in that good way. You're <laughs> fucked in the bad way. Um, you're going to have some very unhappy clients. And so I practice and hone my skills by doing free shoots for friends and things like that. And here I am now. Um, I guess it's seven years into my entrepreneurial journey, seven years this year, actually. Nice. Um, but I haven't shot in a while, so. Well, and it is the little blue pill, so I've got to ask. It wasn't just, hey, I get to see naked women all day. This is a great no. idea. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 what a great not at business all. Model. Let's see. Let's get all my likes into a list. <laughs> what do I like to do if I could get paid to do this all day? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it is it is a great gig getting paid to to be around women, but I've been around women my whole life. Like I was raised by my mom and my grandmother. I live with my wife and my two daughters before my two daughters moved out. So I've always been around women, but um, no, it was nothing like that. I just, I really wanted to help and give back to, and have an impact. Um, I'm sure there are photographers out there who are doing it with that, that mindset. Um, but for me, that's, that's the wrong reason. I don't, that's not, that's not what it's about for me, you know? Well, and that brings up a good question. How would somebody, um, discern like what kind of things should they be looking for when they're looking at getting a boudoir photographer so that they know that it's not i mean when you start reading things you start talking to them you're gonna know i would hope that you would know yes but um give us kind of some of the things that you think that they should be looking for yeah conversation speak with the photographer ahead of time for sure before you book get on to most photographers who are worth their salt will do a um, pre-consult shoot or a pre-shoot consult, sorry, where they'll get on the phone and getting it all mixed up here uh, with a pre-shoot consult. I, I have a tendency most, to do that. <laughs> <laughs> most photographers will take the time to hop on a call. And I mean, I want to do it for me too, to make sure that we connect, that we, that mm. there's a connection there between us and, you know, establishing that trust right from the get go from that phone call and building that relationship is important. Check out, look for reviews on the photographer's work. See if there's any reviews out there. But I mean, I know that reviews can be forged and bullshitted and whatever, but you can at least take a look and see if there's any out there. But the biggest thing would be to have a conversation with the photographer to make sure that you gel or vibe with that person, with that photographer, because I mean, you're getting down to your skivvies in front of a stranger. So you want to make sure that there's a, some kind of connection there and that you feel comfortable uh, with that person. Nice. So what are some of the things that you did to, to help people become more comfortable in that scenario? Um, well, for me being a male photographer, the first thing would be to have my makeup artist there with me at all times, always, always, always have another person there with me um, and establishing that trust and that connection with my clients um, by doing that pre-shoot consult and having the conversation, finding out why they want to do it, ask them what they want focused on, ask them what types of things like getting down to figuring out, are they comfortable wearing lingerie? Do you want to wear something else? Like for me personally, I don't care what they wear. It doesn't have to be lingerie. They can wear jeans and t-shirt. I don't give a shit. It's about them feeling comfortable. Um, and just 
right from that, like I said, right from that point of connection, establishing that relationship, establishing that trust, letting them know if they have questions, reach out anytime. I'm here to help and answer any questions you have. And then, of course, when we're in the studio, keeping it light, keeping it humorous, adding that element of humor, and to remember to constantly show them the images that we're capturing. That also helps with the comfortability issue during the course of the shoot as well as show them what you're capturing. A lot of photographers don't like to show the back of their camera while they're shooting because those images those images aren't edited and they don't look pretty enough. And that, no, constantly it showing them the back big. of the camera. It's just... <laughs> pretty sure we don't notice. Well, things. could give them that blue pill <laughs> yeah, to make it a bit bigger. Exactly. It's about the size of a Viagra pill. And just... <laughs> what, what can you really see in that kind of pixel? Oh. Yeah. <laughs> Well, and I think it's funny too, because all the photo shoots I did, I did, my photographer was a friend of ours. So we just kind of went over and had drinks and wine and, and yeah. he would often kick Brad out of the room just because, um, he goes, you, you just naturally relax more when he's not there. Yes. Like you're, it's like, there's a third conversation going on Yeah. and, and we all knew each other. I mean, it was just, it was fine. It was just, there's this other conversation going on yeah. that he didn't want to distract from the shoot because he could see it whether it was in my eyes, my face, whatever, that I wasn't like right here, right now Focused. doing the thing. Yeah, That's a very, very good point too. I don't allow, because I've had um, clients ask me, can my boyfriend come or can my husband come or whatever? I don't allow that because it's just, it does, it takes away from the experience because you're worried about performing or not performing, but you know, mm-hmm. uh, you're worried about, for lack of a better word, performing because your partner's there. So some of them, some women can't relax as much as they would be able to. And some of them over, like you just, I just avoid it completely. It's just not a thing that I allow in the studio. And it becomes kind of a nightmare because she thinks it's like, oh, that'll be better because I have somebody there. And it's like, no, it really doesn't work out that way. No, it doesn't. Absolutely not. Nice. So what are some of the other considerations that you've found for people? Because you mentioned clothing, which I found was interesting because I think a lot of people do just associate it with um lingerie and like a bustier yes they do whatever um what are some of the more fun things that you've seen people bring in and use oh let me think um most honestly most of my clients it has been lingerie because that's what they want they want to be photographed in that in those types of outfits. But I do have a Pinterest board that I create for all of my clients that sends them out ideas for anything they want to use, any types of outfits. I mean, it's mostly been, I would say 90, 99% of the women, it's lingerie. So Very cool. And what's your really Pinterest cr- account? Um, well, she's 70. <laughs> Pinterest account is 70? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Somebody, that's the name of your Pinterest account. I believe so. Yeah, I haven't checked. I haven't been on there. Let me take a look. Actually, let me do that right now. Sure, why not? We have fun stuff going on. (laughs) Pinterest wants Uh, to know your birthday. That's so cute. Yeah, here we go. Hmm. While she's seventy, I will send you the link right here in our chat. There you go. Fun. And I can but sit yeah, here and chat about yeah, it. Nice. Yeah. Um, but most most of the the women they want to wear lingerie because that's what they're there for, is that experience. Um well, wow, some of these are super classy, like you'd use this for a for a Rolex commercial. Yeah, I, 
you know, I think it's important. I mean, I have a couple of different boards, so let me see yep. if I can find one of the other ones. Um, let's have a look here. Well, and then that brings up the question is, because I could totally see a lot of women using these as, um, hey, that's an actress. I know her. Well, I yeah. don't know her, but I <laughs> recognize her. I know it's really personally. hard when it comes to people that are on TV. It's like, yeah, I don't know it. I would Here's actually talk one. to you. Here's another one I can say. I've got a couple boards set up, so there you go. There's another one for Very you to check fun. out, but... Yeah, I just I like to keep it as light and as fun as possible for the clients because they're obviously very vulnerable. And so mm -hmm. you want to keep things light and keep them focused and laughing and comfortable. Right. But like the, the other board where there's a level of professionalism and kind of artistry of advertising, if you want to put it that way, mm -hmm. um, that they could entrepreneurs could start using that because I am seeing a trend with women bringing sexy back into their, their marketing, their, yeah. um, their personal um, branding, because it's, it definitely sets them apart, definitely gets noticed. And yeah. it's, and because I think maybe even of TikTok, <laughs> ironically, <laughs> um, people are just getting a lot more comfortable seeing that. And they're getting a lot more, um, comfortable putting out images like that so that it becomes yeah. you know tiktok has its thing but then here's my business image and it has to have a little bit of an edge to it because otherwise yeah. it's like wow this is just way too left field compared to the other yeah, things got going on or too boring compared to what everybody else is putting out there so yeah, they're starting absolutely. to everybody's catching up to me not everybody's in cat suits and they're working <laughs> pictures but you know <laughs> You gotta have some fun with it too. I mean, <laughs> like you say, tongue in cheek, right? You gotta, Absolutely. you gotta have a little bit of fun with it. And you know, yeah. I want the images to be able to be used across multiple platforms and for multiple purposes, whether it be branding or personal. I mean, these that that first board, those images can be used for, you know, branding and for personal. The mm -hmm. second board is a little more risque, and I don't think those would float too well for branding. Well, unless but... you're selling underwear and or yes, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> lingerie, <Fair> yeah, <laughs> little blue pills. Exactly. <laughs> we could use it. There you go. Yeah, that is yeah. awesome. So, when you transferred into Empowerography, mm -hmm. how did how did that kind of crystallize for you in your mind of hey i think this would <laughs> go from from visual from film to podcast really well um well you know i i wanted to have more of an impact because the with the boudoir with the photography the impact is very individualized so i wanted to create something where we could reach more people and have more of an impact so i thought just kind of put a little spin on the photography and I mean, at the time, and even now, I don't know of many, if there are any men out there who host a platform, podcast platform that is solely focused on amplifying women's voices and elevating women through sharing their stories. So I just thought this is just a natural progression from one into the other. And, you know, it was received really, really well. Um, I started off by interviewing some friends who were who worked in the same industry as me, photographers and makeup artists. And that's where I really began. So that was my, I call it my dress rehearsal of Empowerography. 
Um, and then the business, the photography business kind of came back in again. And my focus, I decided that my focus should be on the photography business. And then of course we get into March of 2020 and well, we all know what happened there and how that destroyed some things. And so I just, I decided to shift my focus back to the podcast again, because I figured why sit around commiserating and bitching with everyone else that was bitching in the world about <laughs> what was going on and be miserable. And so I thought this would be a great way to take advantage of the time and do something good. So I shifted gears again, back to the podcast and it's just been solely focused on the podcast ever since. I mean, I've done a few shoots here and there, but not a lot of photography in uh, in the last three years. It's three years this month, actually, that the podcast has been up and running. So nice. So what kind of conversations are you having and, and with whom on the podcast? Um, all different types of women, mostly entrepreneurs um, mm -hmm. who are just sharing their stories of whatever struggles they've been through in their lives and how they've overcome that adversity. And it's really a platform to allow women just to share their journeys and share their stories with the hopes of helping, reaching and inspiring other women. So I would say 90, I'd say about 95% of the women are entrepreneurs and who work in their own businesses. And um, that's, that's really the focus of the platform is just to share their personal journeys. It's yes, I highlight or we highlight the work that they're doing, but mm -hmm. it's more about their stories and their journeys because that's what we want to use to help reach and inspire the women who listen to the podcast. Nice. Is your audience that listens mostly women as well? Or? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I would say 95% women for sure. Okay. And yeah. and what are, do you have an example of a Cinderella story of one of the, the stories that you like the best or that would kind of hit you the most? Oh, there's so many, honestly, Michelle, every one of them is incredible. Um, It's hard to pick one. I mean, so many of the women have been through, abuse and you know one of them in particular she was abused her whole it's, it's it was such a crazy story like when i think about it every woman in her family from her herself her mother her grandmother they were all abused by men in their lives every one of them and this woman in particular was even abused she was abused by five or six different men and her doctor Wow. And so she overcame, she got through all that. There were very low points where she didn't want to live anymore. And she just, she just got it all together and figured, you know what? I have to live. I have to, now that I've been through this, I have to share my story to help other women who are going through and who have been through things like this. And so her story, she now gives talks about overcoming abuse and things like that and that story really sticks with me with all that she went through and being abused by her father her stepfather when she was a kid and all of these men in her life like every boyfriends every single man that she came in contact with abused her in some way and it was just heartbreaking but what she has managed to come through and pull herself up and triumph and overcome all of that adversity and now is giving back and helping other women like she speaks in high schools about sexual abuse and things like that so that story really sticks with me what she went through and overcame and where she is now is just so powerful I love that so what are some of your plans and aspirations with the podcast where do you want it to go 
I want to blow this shit up. I want to explode this mission and movement onto the world. This this is more than just a podcast for me. This is a movement. I want millions of women involved. I want to turn this into a women's empowerment conference that travels around the world. And I want as many women involved as we can. I want different chapters of empowerography set up all over the world so that we have resources in different cities, different countries around the world what that when the conference comes through we have these resources to rely on and i want to donate proceeds from the from the conference to different women's charities and different women's causes and i just i want empowerography to be a household name around the world nice. i love it so do you have things in place already places that people can go and check out or potentially um, well, line up as speakers and or well, we, yeah, we do the Empowerography Live Conference. We did our third one this year in March. So yes. that's where we've started off. Um, it's held on International Women's Day to obviously support women on that day. Uh, this year, we had 31 women that spoke at the conference. And so there are always speaking opportunities for the, the Empowerography Live virtual conference. I think next year, we are looking at creating a hybrid version of it. So in-person and online um that's the thought or the what we want to do with it so we'll have to see how that all plays out but that's where we can start and then i'm always looking for guests for the podcast nice so uh mentioning that where do they go to <laughs> to go and check that out um they could go to my website empowerographypodcast.com um they could join my private facebook group the empowerography podcast lounge and or they can send me an email at empowerographypodcast at gmail.com Thanks. And we will, of course, have all of those links in the show notes for you. So you can go down and check those out. Awesome. So I get to ask you this and I'll wait until you finish your drink. <laughs> spewing all over your computer board. And I, I just know that's exactly what would happen. Because I could just imagine what the question is going to be. Uh, so how do you get it up and keep it up in your business? Of course, we talk about revenue profit. My community. My community mm -hmm. is a huge part they, I mean, I know the the platform wouldn't exist without the community. We have to get back to that sense of community because I think we've lost it. So my community is a huge, huge part of all of it. Like I said, it would there wouldn't without women like yourself, Michelle, and because I know you're going to be a guest on the show coming up. But without all of the women who have participated on the on the show, who have been guests on and who are members of the community, there is no empowerography. So. I owe a lot, a huge, huge thank you to all of the women who have helped me build this because I know that without them, there is no empowerography. I wouldn't be here today without all of the women who have helped and supported and participated. So that's how I get it up with all the women who are part of the community. <laughs> yeah, lucky, lucky man. <laughs> or well positioned, you know. <laughs> Double entendre there. <laughs> I love it. Clever, very clever, Michelle. <laughs> That's awesome. So I do get to ask, yeah, at what point in life did you know that you're especially kind of crazy enough to think that you could become an entrepreneur? Oh, you know, it was a scary jump for me from corporate. I was, I literally, I was, I was scared shitless to make that jump for at least a month leading up to me leaving corporate. My stomach was in knots. I was taking the subway to work every morning and oh my God, I got to hand in my fucking resignation. And how am I going to do this? Am I making the right decision? Because of course you get that chatter in your ear from people. You really, you're you're going to be a photographer. There's so many photographers out there. How you, you know, and all that negative talk. And 
it took a lot. It really did. There were times where I was like, no, I don't think I should do this. I'm not ready for this. Am I ready for this? So that constant back and forth, the devil and the angel on my shoulders. And I just figured, you know what? Fuck it. I've got to try it. If I don't, then I'm going to kick myself in the ass. I mean, I put it off for a while and I finally did it in 2016, um, nice. July, 2016. Nice. It's been I a rough love... ride. It's not been easy. <laughs> not no, been easy. Un- entrepreneurialism isn't easy and it's not, um, it's not the golden ticket that a lot of people think it is, but it is still worth it. <laughs> it is. Oh, 100%. I, I could not see myself going back to working for somebody. And, you know, I think that we need to have those conversations about entrepreneurship, about the other side of it, because as you know, I've seen it, social media glamorizes entrepreneurship or romanticizes it to it people only show the good side the highlight reel there's a lot of other shit entrepreneurship solopreneurship is lonely and we don't talk about that and i think that we should start having those conversations so that people coming into entrepreneurship or first stepping into it are aware of what they're stepping into and what they're getting into because a lot of people don't know i didn't know what the fuck i was getting into when i first jumped in i had no clue I just jumped in and, you know, we need to have those conversations to make others aware that it's not all puppy dogs and rainbows and ice cream. And, you know, you're going to need support. And that is the key is support, having that support system around you. Absolutely. And I think a lot of people get enamored by the overnight successness. And, uh, you know, I don't know how many times I've said it, but it's a 20 year journey to overnight success. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. 100%. I mean, can you go from zero to a million in 18 months? Yes, you can. But what did you have in place before that? And what did you have? And who did you get in support at that time? And, and, and like, there's a million and one ands in there that a lot of people kind of neglect. And I mean, even if somebody's taking the straight up little blue pill, you see, you still need somebody to share with. And (laughs) (laughs) it's really boring that way. Um, so yeah. getting it up and keeping up in business, you know, involves a lot more of kind of the strategy to support the state of mind, the systems. It, there's a lot involved that, yeah. I mean, a lot of people can't do it all at once. It has to be slowly built out and implemented. And it's just because it takes time and you realize you have to go and try something, figure out what works and then come back and. Well, know, just like with the little blue pill, you have to try out different things. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Awesome. You've been absolutely awesome. Any last words for our peeps? Just uh, surround yourself with community and don't forget to take that little blue pill. (laughs) You need it. Exactly. (laughs) I love it. Thank you so much for your time. I appreciate it. And I know how valuable it is. Thank you so much, Michelle. It's been an absolute pleasure and honor being here with you today. I appreciate you. Appreciate you too. And thank you, peeps, for being here today. I'm Michelle Nedelec, your mistress in business, helping you get it up and keep it up. Be sure to subscribe, invite your friends. Love having more friends involved, too. And uh, so that I can help you get it up when you need me. We love having you here. Thank you for listening to the Little Blue Pill for Business podcast with your mistress in business, Michelle Nedelec. Why are you still here? Go to littlebluepillforbusiness.com and get your goodies. If you enjoyed the show, be sure to share it with somebody else that you know would enjoy getting it up in business after you subscribe to the podcast, of course, so you won't miss any future episodes. 
Now, check the notes for links. Oh, and only tell your wife if she's into this, you know, entrepreneurship. And I'll see you both on the other side.